I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or the monster of the deep that you put me under guard? When I think my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my, my complaint, even then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I prefer strangling and death rather than this body of mine. I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. What is man that you make of him, make so much of him, that you give him so much attention? That you examine him every morning and test him every moment. Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of man? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie in the dust. You will search for me, but I will be no more. I just want you to think about what we just read there because contrary to what you think, contrary to some of the visitors that might be in the house, being a Christian is not all about howdy, howdy. You're not up all the time. Sometimes you're in the valley. But we just came to give you a few words of encouragement. And the subject that I would like to use today is, and if you've been there before, just say amen. When the pity party is over. When the pity party is over. I'm going to say that one more time. When the pity party is over. Because whatever you're going through right now is not going to last. At some point, it's going to be over. Now, I'm just going to make, you know, four quick points, and I know y'all don't believe they're going to be quick. But when you look at this and you think about who was in there and uh, we think about Job and we see a person that had a very contrasted life from being bragged on about God to problem on top of problem. 
And even a godly person as he was, in chapter 7, we find him in the midst of his own private pity party. Now, we're going to talk about uh, the pity party, but uh, the, first, the first point that I want to make is that partying and pitying, they have similar characteristics. Now, I know that we all haven't sat in church all of our days. We all done done some partying in our days. And unfortunately, to, the way to describe how much you have partied usually is how you look after the party. When you start out, your shoes might be shine. Your hair might be all in place. Your nails is done. And it might take you four or five hours to get yourself looking exactly like you want to look for that party. But after the party, don't know where your earring is, done broke the heel on your shoe, you know you was on that side of town, but you can't even remember how you got back to where you live. But I know we're talking to some other people. They ain't, none of us ain't. We, they ain't been through this. And then when you really know you done parted, I hope nobody don't have a weak stomach. You know something is coming out both ends. You sitting here with the bucket here or your head hanging over in the bathtub or in and you had a nerve to think that I have parted. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes a long time for us to get over things like that, because I, I, I would never drink, and then for some odd reason, I decided that every New Year's I was going to drink. <laughs> and I bought the year in the same way every year. I was sick, and I'm like, oh, no, nah, I can't. I don't see what the big to do about the partying thing is. But the reason I say that they have similar characteristics, because if you go visit an individual that's in the midst of a pity party, can't they just look so pitiful? Hair all over their head six or seven days hair growth. They don't have a shadow no more. They done got a full-grown beard. House ain't been cleaned up. Dishes all in the sink. You can tell the clothes that they had on, they done had them on for two or three days. 
Because soon as you walked in the door, you wanted to ask them, uh, where's your Febreze at? And sometimes that's, you know, what exactly what the devil wants you to do. But I came by to give you some different advice and what to do when the pity party is over. The second point that we need to make and we find here that it happens in Job's life, life can change on you so quickly. Before we get to this seventh chapter, Job, I want you to find out the three things that happened to Job that probably just sent him spiraling into his private pity party. Well, we all know the story how the book of Job first starts out, how God is bragging on Job talking about how good a man Job is. There was none like Job in all the land. And then in the twinkling of an eye, God changed his life on him. Because when devil went to talking about the world wasn't this, the world wasn't that, God had a person for him, have you considered my servant, Job? He was doing everything was going on in Job's life. And just that quickly, things changed on him. But Job did not jump right into the pity party. For in chapter 1 of Job, verses twenty. Through 22, you find out that Job was doing pretty good when his life first changed. In verses 20 through 22 in the first chapter of Job, you'll find these words. At this time, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked. I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And this is after his life just completely spiraled out of control. He started out fine, but then in two, you can see the gradual change. In two and nine, which often happens to us, it was a family member that added to his spiral. In two and nine, you'll find that Joe's wife, who was the beneficiary of all that God had blessed him with. She had the nerve to say these words to Job. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? 
She didn't beat around the bush. She said, curse God and die. And a lot of times when your life makes these quick changes, sometimes family is in the midst of it. <laughs> They're in the midst of it, you know I mean, because they know everything about you. They're the first ones to point out. But even then, Job was kind of teetering the line because he replied to her in verse 10. You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good? From God and not trouble. And again, we have these same words that we found in chapter one. And in all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now we have to think about everything that happened to Job. Lost everything he had. Lost all his children. Lost all his wealth. Turn around, he got sick. Wife whom he probably loved dearly. The same one that he sat up in church with together each and every Sunday. Told him to curse his God and die. But then in chapter 3, you can find the circumstances beginning to take their toll on Job. After all of these chapters ending with, and he did not sin against God. 3.1 tells us that it says that after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Now we might not act like, or we might not want to admit, but at some point or another, we all have had something terrible happen to us, something unexplainable, something that we didn't even see coming, and we let it get us to the place where life itself, we thought, was not worth living. But then the final thing that Calls Job to drift off into the text here was those so-called three friends of his. After they came to visit him, supposedly coming to encourage him, supposedly, and I want to say these was his uh, three boys. The castle, he done been through everything with. Knew everything about him. Knew how upstanding that he was. By the time they left, with their encouragement, you pick Job up in verse 7. So disgusted. <laughs> so disappointed, so frustrated. <laughs> and it lets us know that you better watch who you tell that you're going through something. 
Some things that you're going through are strictly of God for you to grow in your relationship with him. So when you go trying to tell your so-called friends that got problems on top of problems, they sell. They cannot help you solve your problems. Now, they might offer you some temporary solutions. Somebody preached the other week, and, they, and I thought about that. That made sense. They said, when you're in the bar, they'll sit and cry with you about your problems, but at the end of that, at least they're going to say, I'll buy you a drink. If you're over in the drug scene, you know they're going to go ahead and fire up a joint with you. But our so-called friends who you cry your heart out to tell them some of the most embarrassing and hurting things that have happened to you. They care so little about what you told them that the next time the gossip gets out, it done went full circle. And when somebody tell it to you, you sitting there looking because that's the same thing that you confided in somebody else. But you want to try to play it all so when they saying it, but in the back of your mind, you know, Pastor, say them words that you used to use, that you, you got them in the back burner. They just rumbling through your mind like, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. When I see them, ooh, just wait, ooh, just wait, ooh, just wait. And they will take your most sacred secrets and treat it like it's public knowledge. But you cannot let life changing quickly on you cause you to stay in your pity party. Now we see here in chapter 7 that Job had got so disgusted, you know, he said, even when I sleep now, have you been having things go so bad that when you try to go to sleep just to get rid of it, that's the only thing that you can think about. Now, that's when you got it bad, when you can't even sleep. Because whatever you're going through, it won't allow you to sleep. And he just constantly uh, is on your mind. And not only is the situation bothering you, but the devil is doing what he was supposed to do, just like he did Job. He made Job think that life was not even worth living. He made him think that it was no way out of this situation. He made him think that if God was so much, he never would have let this happen to you. But God never told us that. That's some of the Christianity that we want to profess. That once we come to him, we never going to have another problem. We never going to have another uh, disturbance. We never going to have any interruptions in our life. Yes, sir. But if you look to the Bible, yes, sir. 
you will find out that Job was the only person whose life changed so quickly. David went from being a man after God's own heart to planning a murder that he thought he got away with. And then in the end, he wound up planning a funeral for an infant child that was his punishment for his disobedience. Joseph, who was the great dreamer, went from a person owning a robe of many colors to a prison uniform. It just changed quickly on him. One minute he was, uh, he was Potiphar's chief in command. The next minute he's in the dungeon. And then we think about our Lord and Savior Jesus. Remember Palm Sunday? Well, they gave him all these praises all the way into the city. And before it was over, these same people were hollering, crucify him. Crucifying. Now, the third point that I want to make you need help to get over your pity party. You need songs that you can sing to yourself when by yourself. You have to be able to fight through some things by yourself. If the only time you can get uplifted, and I love the choir, but if the only time your spirit can get uplifted is on Sunday when they are here, you got a problem. Because pity don't wait to show up on Sunday. <laughs> pity shows up whenever it feels like it. And if we want to think about all that's available to us, you know, between your computer, between cable, you can say what you want about the computer, you can say what you want about cable, but you know that God has fixed it with this computer that every day of the week you can get a word from God if you need it. You do not have to like the Trinity Broadcast Network. But if you're going through something, do you know that God will have you turn that and they'll be talking about exactly what you're going through. Then when they're talking about it, at the time that it's happening, you are not sitting up there talking about, well, this is not new mission. These not black people. This ain't a black church. This ain't a holiness church. You just glad that you got to hear a word from God. If you want to be prejudiced and not look at them, you can look at the Word Network. 
You don't even have to like them guys, but God will make sure when you need to hear a word, one of them will say exactly what you need. Even on the public access, there's been times when I sit in the house and just flicking through the channel on Saturday, and you'll see Reverend Cecil Pharaoh <laughs> on there preaching. Through the week, he can flick through there on the public access, and you don't have to like T.D. Jakes, but you'll see him on the potter's house, and it might be the only thing that keeps you from losing your mind that day. But you need to have a personal catalog of pick-me-up songs. Now, when you're in the pity party, sitting over there by yourself, no new friends is going to help you out of your pity party. See, that's something, you know, some of the young ones, they know what it is. No new friends. They know. They know. <laughs> but you need some, what a friend I have in Jesus. All my sins and griefs to bear. You need to be able to sit in your own home. And no matter how bad your circumstances might be, you need to be able to take your computer, and you, know, you can Yahoo anything you want. And if you were going through a rough stretch last year, and you're still going through it, just Google I'm still here. <laughs> then when you think about all of the troubles, all how quickly your life changed, you seem like everything happened, lost your job, lost the loved ones, you know, the kids start acting crazy, the dog done bit you, the cat done scratched you, <laughs> wife done left you, husband done quit you. You can look and Google, he kept me. <laughs> see, these songs, you know, you need for yourself. Because, see, you can't just listen to anything when you're going through a pity party. Young people, young men, I'm in love with a stripper. is not going to help you when you're in a pity party. You need some, I believe. That my troubles are going to be over. You need some prayer still works. You need some, I can see the hand of the Lord. When you look back, they say that's the thing, when you look back over your life, you can see the hand of the Lord. And no matter what everybody is trying to tell you, no matter how good nobody, everybody's trying to tell you that you are, 
No matter how everybody's trying to convince you that your situation is never going to get better. You just get mad at everybody, go in your house, shut your door, and you find you some. He saw the best in me. Then <laughs> you ain't worrying about what nobody else got to say. You don't care because you know that whatever you're going through, you have what you need to get through it. Now, some of the uh, older members, they might not want to listen to this contemporary stuff. If you're going through something and you're a little older, you can find anything you want on the computer. You can find some. Jesus will work it out if you let him. You can find some how great thou art. You can find some I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. You can find this. So if you are stuck in the pity party, it's partially your own fault. Now, see, if only time you listen to some Christian music is when you hear, they busy. You can't assemble them all together to sing your favorite song. <laughs> so you better have your own song that you can sing. And then the only thing I think about that when you're in your house, you can sing. You ain't got to worry about nobody wondering if you're off key. You can be transgender. You can sing the male songs. You can sing the women's songs. Whatever song you need to sing to get you through. It don't matter if it's a male artist, a female artist, a group. You can be your own one-man group by yourself. But you got to know something to go to. But if you don't know nothing to go to, then your party just gets prolonged. And then the other thing that you're going to need to get out of your pity party is you're going to need to speak God's words back to him. But then again, the reason some of us might stay in the pity party if you don't know nothing or you ain't read nothing or the only word you hear is when the preacher gives a text, when whoever's reading scripture at devotion, then you're in trouble. But when you're in the midst of your pity party, because God is impressed when you speak the word back to him. Because then that lets him know that you have taken a little time to spend some time with him. You ought to be able to speak some of Isaiah 61 and 3 to him. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give, them, give unto them beauty for ashes. 
the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Everything that they promised to give you in that scripture is a contrast of the bad thing that you're going through in a pity party. You ought to be able to speak some Hebrews 11 and 2 back to the Lord. And then get indignant with him like, well, Lord, you said it. If you said it, I got just enough sense to believe it. And I know I've seen in the word somewhere that God is not like man that he should lie. So when you go to speaking God's word back to him, he's like, oh, they, they do know a little bit about me. In Hebrews 11 and 2, you'll find these words, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You ought to be able to speak back to God. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You ought to be able to speak back to him, some Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. When you have that word in you, do you know the pity party got to get away? Yeah, the pity party got to go. As much as the pity party wants to stay around, and usually Satan is in the midst of the pity party, but you know Satan don't want to hear God's word. And even if it's for an instant, he might just leave you alone. Now, he might go to somebody else, but it ain't your fault if they ain't sung up or they ain't read up. You really don't care. If he get off of you, you really don't care. At that time, I mean, you can try to give somebody some advice. You can write down your songs and try to send it to them. But if he's leaving you alone, you happy most of the time. Now, the final point that I want to make that the choir used to confirm that this was the message God wanted me to preach there is victory when the pity party is over. There's victory when the pity party is over. Joseph got out of jail. While he was sitting down there having a pity party, thinking about all this that God had promised him, in Genesis 50, 
and 20, he got the victory. When he had a chance that he could repay his brothers for what they did to him. Because God had gave him the victory, he was able to see God in the picture. And he was able to tell him these words. But as for you, you thought it evil against me. But God meant it under good to bring the past as it is this day to save much people. People can try to do what they want, but they can't stop what God has in store for you. Although David did everything that we know he did, in the end, God still allowed one of his children to be on the throne. So David got his victory even though things had changed on him in an instance. The three Hebrew boys who at one point they was praising them for being such wonderful people and interpreter of dreams. They could have got in the pity party. But while they was on their way to the furnace, they already knew that something was going to happen. And when you see in Daniel 3 and 25, when the man that had them threw into the furnace, they say he looked in there, and he was shocked. He knew he could count at least the three. But he said he kept looking. One, because they wasn't burnt up. That's what messed him up at first. Because if you know the story, it says that the furnace was seven times hotter. And the people that went to throw them in got burnt up from the heat. But in Daniel 3 and 25, you want to see some victory. And he answered and he said, Lo, I see four men. Loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now you have to think about when that happened. Jesus hadn't even come yet. But when he looked in there, although it seemed like a bad situation for them, when their pity party was over, they came out of the furnace like they was in air conditioning. If you think he won't give you victory, then you need to pick up your Bible in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But if you want to look in your personal life and see that you got victory now. When you get out of the pity party, God will give you your peace back. He'll give you your joy back. He'll give you your sound mind back. He'll give you everything that the devil thought he stole. But then in your personal life, you can see your victories. Now, I know that some of us are trying to be with certain individuals. They don't want to be with you. Young ladies, if you got put a ring on it on your cell phone, 
in your car, blasting all through your house. Once you get victory and see that you don't need him, you will change that song to, to the left, to the left. All your stuff is packed to the left. That's when you know you got some victory. Because you know that he don't have no control over you no more. I know that we sit around and the, the young people, they got the song. It says, uh, <laughs> it says things that we can't understand. But when you got victory, you think about it. But I want to talk to somebody old today. I'm going to take you back when you got the victory. You used to run around talking about if loving you was wrong, I don't want to be right. But when you got the victory, you got a brand new song. Some of you guys, and I know the women, they claim they want to be married, they claim they want to be this, but if you got somebody that you chasing and she ain't chasing Jesus, leave her alone. You running around here crying and snotting, singing that old Satellites too. Have you seen her? But when you got victory, when you got victory and you know God didn't want you to have her anyhow, you singing Luther's It's Over Now. We have to understand that we have to make some changes in our life. And then for you young ladies, that guy that don't want to, he don't want to believe that you done changed. When he call your phone, if you don't hit reject on him, give him a new song to hit. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. He might call back thinking he done dialed the wrong number because he thought he had you wrapped all around his finger. But you got victory now. And don't hit the reject. Let him hear that other song that you done put on your phone now. Jesus is a friend of mine. You don't need that in your life. We need to understand that some things we got to cut loose. Some of the stuff that you're pitying about don't make no sense. But when you finish up, you can go to the Word. You ought to be able to tell him like it says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17. No matter what happens down here, no matter how many bad circumstances that I go through, I'm going to be caught up in the clouds to be with God forevermore. Those of you that pity about sickness and health issues, 
You ought to be able to go to 1 Corinthians 15 and let somebody know, for this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortal. This old sick body that you got is not what God has for you when he gives you victory. Even if you're not healed on this side, you already know that he's going to heal you on the other side. If this life has got the best of you and you're tired of all of everything that's going on, the Trayvon Martin, the killing of our people by each other, you can go to Revelations 21 and 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, all this garbage that we worrying about and pitying about, it's going to go on anyway. For every individual that has made you shed a tear, God told you in that same chapter, I'm going to wipe every tear from your eye. That's when you got victory. Sometimes he'll fix it so the things that used to make you cry, you don't even cry about them no more. God is able to do whatever we need him to do. We just have to trust him. So if you are out there today and you're pitying about the situation, don't worry about what's going on around you. Don't worry about who like you and who don't like you. Don't worry about what job done let you go. Don't worry about what house or car you done lost. But what you need to worry about is Jesus. Because he can get you through any situation that you are in. If you're in the pity party today, I want to give you the answer to your problem. Don't go get nothing to drink. Don't invite guy after guy to your house. Don't say that if this happened, I'm going to be better. If you want something that's for sure, I ask you today to try Jesus. If you want your joy back, try Jesus. If you're pitying because your kids and got on your nerves, try Jesus and give them to him. If you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, try Jesus. Don't sit around wasting time because Jesus is the best thing that happened to each and every one of us. We might not have everything that we want. Sometimes we don't even have everything that we need. But if you got Jesus, the song says you got enough. If you're looking for something to help you out of your pity party and you're out there today and you've been trying, Medication can't do it. They want to give you a whole bunch of pills to keep you all drowsy and doped up. But when Jesus gives you your victory, you have spunk in your step. You can walk around without a dime in your pocket. And you're happy because you got joy. Everybody around you and everything around you can be falling apart. But because he done gave you peace, you got the victory so it's not bothering you anymore. 
I don't know where you're at today. But don't let life continue to beat you up. Every individual that done anything for God, God sent them through some form of trial and tribulation. Your neighbor think they know everything about you, but they don't know all your business. 